Badass of the Week is an iHeartRadio podcast produced by High Five Content. Captain Lascarina Bubulina stands on the deck of her ship, the Agamemnon, wind whipping her hair. The boat fights against the waves as crewmen set the rigging and artillery crews load the cannons. Before her is the fortified city of Nafplion, filled to the brim with soldiers waiting to fight. But behind her is a fleet of ships, Lascarina's fleet. The Ottoman Empire imprisoned her father, attempted to ruin her life, and has oppressed her homeland. And she's not going to take it anymore. She's going to free her people. Hello and welcome back to Badass of the Week. My name is Ben Thompson and I am here as always with my co-host, Dr. Pat Larish. Pat, um, it sounds like you were, you texted me that you were running a little late because of a, a raccoon incident, capital R, capital I raccoon yes. situation. So I got to yes. know what the deal is. Yeah, capital R, capital I. And this is not a reference to the fair state of Rhode Island, which is badass in its own right. This is a raccoon incident. So I live on the third floor of a converted home in the Boston area. And there was a raccoon. And we'd kind of known that there was a raccoon in the area, but it was minding its business. We were minding ours. But I was awakened this morning before my alarm went off to this like <laughs> noise. And I... I I'm like, what's this? And the raccoon was apparently tearing off some of the siding and going into the insulation and pursuing some sort of raccoony agenda. <laughs> and well, okay. So I and the other people in the building, we got together and we called the raccoon guy. Uh, his name's Andrew, as it turns out. And he was over here this afternoon. Um, battling the raccoon and trying to remove it in a humane but definitive way. Did, did you like like Yelp or like Angie's List raccoon guy or is this a person you know? Does he live in your building? Uh, it's a person we have had come in the past to deal with squirrels in the attic. <laughs> this is not the first raccoon incident. Well, it's it's not the first rodent incident. Yeah. So yeah, so there were squirrels and Andrew the raccoon guy comes out. And um, so I actually had to be out for some of this, but my roommate texted the bunch of us a play-by-play. -play. And so there's something where Andrew kind of gets the raccoon on the end of a stick and then we're on the third floor, but he doesn't want to bring the raccoon through our actual apartment, which, okay, I respect, I mean, thank you. You know, I don't want a raccoon in my apartment. And he brings the raccoon on a stick down the ladder. And we think this raccoon is a male raccoon, not a female raccoon defending her litter, which would be a whole different story. So yeah, so he gets the raccoon and he brings the raccoon down and raccoons are badass in their own right, you know? So you need a pretty badass human to negotiate, shall we say. And um, yeah, yeah. So the raccoon, whom we've nicknamed Bandito, was taken away and well, 
Nick's going to go live on a nice farm somewhere, probably. And yeah, in my head, this is a farm in Connecticut. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not asking too many questions. So, yeah, shout out to Andrew the raccoon guy for being a badass human and dealing with the raccoon in a way that is as humane as possible and going up against a raccoon who is badass and which are yeah yeah which carry rabies sometimes and also are kind of weirdly creepy when you look at them very closely they're cute with like the yeah mask on and stuff but they have these creepy hands and they walk on their hind legs sometimes and carry things and it's oh my goodness raccoons are weird Raccoons are weird things. I know some humans like that, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> humans are creepy also. I'm told by uh, people I know who live in Toronto that in Toronto, raccoons are eligible to vote in municipal elections. <laughs> Is that true? Canadians never lie, Ben. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, maybe. I think, did we just have our first Canadian joke on the podcast? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, shout out to all our, all our Canadian listeners. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, man. anyway, how are you, Ben? Oh, I'm okay. I am uh, gonna be. I mean, I'm I'm facing my own recording issues right now, where um, the Blue Angels are gonna be doing an air show uh, over the lake here on Saturday. So, okay. uh, they're practicing today. So, if you okay. hear an F-18 flying low overhead. And it's really, really loud. Um, that's what's going on there. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I thought about delaying the podcast, um, but then no, I think... no, 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 no. Come on, Ben. These are the Blue Angels. They're badass. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. maybe having jet fighters in the background of the podcast would be badass. So yeah, uh, yeah. Let's just go with it. If you hear weird stuff, that's what that is. Yeah. Shout out to the Blue Angels. <laughs> it's six F-18s flying, doing a low pass over my house. I mean, Blue Angels, B-A, badass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So today uh, we are, we're going to be telling a story. You're going to be telling a story. And it's one that you kind of pitched in the trailer for Badass uh, of the Week. It was one of the first names that you dropped when you were talking about badasses you wanted to talk about. And it's one that mm-hmm. I had never heard of before. Whoa. And I, and I still am not convinced I could pronounce. Oh, come on. Lascarina? Bubalina. It rhymes. I say Lascarina, <laughs> you say Bubalina. I say Lascarina, you say... Bubalina. Lascarina? Bubalina. Hey, I think we got it. <laughs> okay, Lascarina Bubalina, everyone. Lascarina Bubalina is in the house. And uh, aside from having a name that is rhyming, uh, she is a key player in the Greek War for Independence in the first third of the 19th century. So, so recent, yeah. recent, like fairly recent. I mean, okay. When you're talking about Greek history defined broadly, you know, 1800s. <laughs> yes. Um, she's, she's closer to us than she is to say the, the events or the composition of Homer's Iliad, you know, and she's clearly read Homer's Iliad or heard Homer's Iliad. I don't know. Um, she knows the stories from Homer's Iliad because her flagship she named it the Agamemnon. Oh, really? It was the, yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. The leader of the combined Greek forces in the Iliad, huh. which seems like it might have some symbolic import when you're trying to gather all of your various people in Greece who might identify more with their local area than with Greece as a whole. Mm, I see. And 
when you're trying to fight off the Ottoman Empire, which is no slouch. And which has, I imagine at the time, has the city of the ruins, the buried ruins of Troy on its soil. Yes, yes, yes. And also the thriving metropolis of Constantinople. Oh, yeah. Or Istanbul, which is totally the Turks business. Yes. Fair enough. I mean, have we all got that earworm now or... Okay, those of us of a certain generation now have the um, They Might Be Giants song going, Istanbul, not Constantinople. Anyway, (laughs) it's timeless. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, so we are going to be talking about admirals. We're talking about naval battles. We're talking about modern Greece, modern-ish Greece. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be talking about a war that I know very little about and about an admiral that I had never been exposed to before we talked for the first time. So, yeah. So we'll talk about Bubulina right after this ad break. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. So, Lascarina Bubalina's origin story in the year 1771, the Greek ship captain Stavrianos Pinotsis is festering in an Ottoman prison in Constantinople. That's Istanbul, if you're paying attention. And why was he there? Well, there are any of a number of reasons why someone could be in an Ottoman prison in Constantinople. In a Turkish prison, which is like a, which is like an expression. Right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> not a good, not, not a, not a great uh, reputation. The uh, not a great reputation. Ottoman prisons. Yeah, and I, okay. Now, to be fair, Turkish prison is not the only prison that has a bad reputation. But uh, yeah, so this guy, he's there. He's in prison. He's 
festering. And he was there because he had taken part in the Orlov Revolt, which is a Greek uprising aided by the Russians against the Ottoman Empire. And the Ottoman Empire at this time is massive, right? Is this kind of the height of the Ottoman Empire? Yeah. So they, at some point, you know, they controlled all of the Middle East and North Africa and, Mm -hmm. you know, basically present day, probably like, I don't know, a dozen countries or something. So this is kind of at the height of there. They've expanded up into Turkey, but also across the Bosphorus into, uh, it sounds like Greece as well, they were in control of and maybe some more of Eastern Europe. Uh, I think even you'll see their influence in parts of modern day Austria, you know, they were a big deal. Yeah, they got all the way to Vienna. I remember yeah. under Suleiman the Magnificent. But mm-hmm. but yeah, to kind of just establish 1771, I feel like we're kind of at the height of they are yeah. a major world power and they are a massive empire. Yeah. And if they want to put you in prison, they will. Yeah. So Stavrianus Pinotsis is festering in prison. Now they do allow visits, conjugal visits, and... Stavrianus's wife, Skevogokini, is visiting. Now she's pregnant and she spends enough time that, okay, yeah, one thing leads to another and she gives birth. So she's basically giving birth in or deeply adjacent to an Ottoman prison. So this baby, Lascarina, is born in an Ottoman prison. I mention this because it's it awesome. Of, okay, I mean, it's it kind of actually like anti-awesome. Like, who wants to be born in prison? Like, ew, you know. Oh, but, but if you're setting up a badass article, okay, I'm like, setting, I, you I'm couldn't ask for a better yes. way to start one of these mm-hmm. stories than yeah. she was born in an Ottoman prison. <laughs> yeah, I did say origin story. You know, so this kind of establishes the theme for the rest of her life, which is there's, you know, there's this big, huge force overshadowing everything. And I don't know, Lascarina comes out. Come, she, I would imagine she comes out fighting, you know? Yeah, you know? yeah. Daughter yeah. of a revolutionary, born in yeah. prison, you know? This is, a good, this is a good start. This is a movie. Yeah, yeah. So her father, Stavrianos, doesn't live much longer, but her mom, Skevo, remarries this time to... Another ship captain, because you honestly had a lot of ship captains floating around in those days, like literally floating around. Uh, see what I did there? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'll be here all week. Uh, Demetrius Lazarou Olaf, he, by my standards at least, turns out to be a pretty cool stepdad. Is the Orlov, Demetrius Orlov, is that like the Orlov revolt that we were just... Well, Yes, um, but not because he was related to anyone named Orloff, but he managed to get that attached to his name because he was proud of his uh, involvement in the Orloff revolt. So yeah, so he's got some revolutionary tendencies too. Yeah, 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 like a like a Scipio Africanus kind of thing, where it's just like I'm going to take the name Orloff because I fought in the Orloff revolution against the Ottoman Empire. Yeah, interesting. And he's stepdad now. Uh, yeah, so he's Lascarina's stepdad, and. Not only does he have a hyphenated surname, he also has a lot of ships. And he notices that Lascarina has an interest, an aptitude, and he encourages her interest in ships. Now, these days we'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what you do. 
But in Greek society at the time, this was not the normal course of events. Society at the time was actually kind of wary of interactions between stepfathers and stepdaughters. The impression I get is that this is just a healthy, supportive one. He's like, hey, young person, I have some responsibility for. You seem to have an interest in ships. I think it might be good for your future development to learn more about ships. Let me give you opportunities to learn about ships. So it's like a normal, healthy, like step-parent relationship and not yeah. like the Pornhub version of it. <laughs> ew, ew, ew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Demetrius Lazarou Orloff, turns out that his investment in Young Lascarina paid off. It paid off for the family business. And by family business, uh, you know, not just what stepdad Demetrios was doing, but also what Lascarina acquired through husband number one and then husband number two. And if, to be honest, if this were just a story of Lascarina building up a family business as a woman in an era when women were not really supposed to be doing this, she'd be badass already. Yeah, but this is kind of reading like like John Connor in The Terminator, right? Where it's just like, you know, born under these crazy circumstances. And then like the mom finds like a stepdad that can teach her like how to fight in the war and like do battle and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is a, this is a good setup. Yeah. Yeah. So she is kind of gets the hang of it and becomes, um, she starts to work for his shipping business, presumably. Yeah. And... She gets involved and she learns the ropes Literally. Oh my God. Like, are you going to do this the whole time? Um, okay. So, okay. Here's the thing. Like, I'm going to just pause for a moment and reflect on the nature of metaphors. So I guess these like metaphor, like, like we're pitching them as like cheesy puns. But the thing is, there are a lot of metaphors that actually have to do with sailing ships, you know, like, like, okay, that is, you become, yeah, you're right. You're right. That is literally the know? origin of showing the ropes is like yeah. teaching somebody how yeah. to work on a boat. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll stop complaining about it. <laughs> but these metaphors come from places and I guess sailing ships are a thing. So yeah, I'm not gonna, I won't lie to you. Whenever I go back and reread anything I've ever written, mm -hmm. like none of the stuff that I'm trying to be funny with is funny to me, but I always laugh at the stupid puns that I make. Those are always my favorite jokes. The mm -hmm. only consistently funny thing I think I've ever written has been puns. <laughs> so I don't know if I should encourage this. I, I mean, um, I'm just bitter. I didn't think of it before you. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is no, no. This is a collaborative effort. Come on, you know, you created an environment where we could make this pun. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get back to okay. Lascarina Bubalina, yeah. who I think I said it correctly this time. You uh, did. Yes. yes. Woo. Gold star. Woo. Yes. She. She is a. Uh, so Lascarina is a co-owner of the business. So mm -hmm. Orlov. I guess his name isn't actually Orlov, but Lazaro Orlov, he owns this business. Stepdad owns the business, and mm -hmm. she's kind of like a second-in-command. Yeah. Eventually, she gets married. She gets married to Demetrius Yanuzas, who's another guy named Demetrius. He's a ship captain. Well, it's like it's like the Vikings, too, where you just like every other Greek, you have to name him Demetrius. It's like a, yeah. it's a rule in yeah. Greece, I think. Yeah, it's a good name. It's a good name, yeah. And he was a ship captain. You know, they were married for a bit. And being a ship captain, there are some occupational hazards. So he 
actually kind of bumped up against both of the occupational hazards. He was, on the one hand, fighting pirates, but then on the other hand, in the course of fighting the pirates, drowned. So it's rough. I feel like I want to raise a glass of ouzo to all the ship captains who went out and took risks, you know? Yeah. And that's like a really good point is that this guy's not, he's not a naval commander. He's not a, he's not a pirate hunter. He's not a soldier. He's a dude who's like working for presumably her ship company, uh, doing some, you know, sailing around, trying to like make trades, trying to make some money, sailing around the Mediterranean, he gets attacked by pirates. He falls off the boat. He's probably falls off the boat after being hit with an arrow or hit in the head or something, right? Something happens and he drowns. Like that was just, that was just what happened to people in those days when they were trying to make a buck. He was trying to make a buck. He was trying to make a good life for his family. You know, he was just living his life, you know, Mm -hmm. like you do. And Lascarina has three kids from this marriage, also a lot of business acumen. And she remarries. That's, you know, a thing that you did. And her second husband is also a ship owner. His name is Demetrius Bubulis. So he's also named Demetrius. Her stepdad, her dead husband, her current husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like I just walk onto the island of Spetsis, which is where she was living and say, yeah, Demetrius. And like dozens of people say, yeah, what? And anyway, so Demetrius Bubulis, his name is Bubulis. The name Bubulina is the feminine form of that name. So that kind of gets, she uses that as her name, as her moniker. What do you think happens to the second Demetrius she marries? Well, he's a ship captain and ship captaining is dangerous. I'm going to assume that uh, her... We, what we know about her in the future is that she is a very successful, like, warrior captain mm-hmm. who fights the enemy. And I'm going to assume that, um, I'm going to assume that Demetrius, too, is not going to be around for any of that. No. <laughs> there are many reasons why one might not be around for something. And Demetrius Bubulis, Lascarina's second husband, he gets in a battle with pirates off the coast of Sicily. And Damn in the course it. of that, he's killed, you know? So... Why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> yes, yes. So on the one hand, like, oh, okay, this sucks. Whatever could Lascarina do? And if you were a woman on a Greek island in, you know, the 1810s, what options were available to you? You know, what... What might one do? What would you do, Ben? Well, let's see. She, I'm going to assume shipping business because stepdad had a shipping business and taught her how to do it. Um, first husband had a shipping business and second husband had a shipping business. So you're just going to have to say like, pirates be damned. We're just mm-hmm. going to stick with what we know. Yep. Yeah. Now, the thing is, she's a woman. So shipping business it's a little complicated. Like, do you, in society at the time, do you... These days, you know, a woman can be the CEO and we're like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Right. But this is, we're looking at around 1800 is the year. 
And I mean, so this is like Victorian England time period, right? This is uh, kind of the height of that where, you know, it's probably not that common. I don't know about the, you know, the social structure in in Greece in 1800, but I'm imagining it's not that common for like women CEOs or, or, I mean, I'm sure in some places it was illegal to own property if you were a woman, right? Yeah. As you and I know, Ben, women were active behind the scenes in many ways. But for a woman to run a business openly, okay, that's swimming against the current, if I could use a, a, a an aquatic metaphor. And she takes over... You're killing me. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like I should have like a checklist. I should, you know, what are, like a bingo card of nautical puns. I'm not convinced you don't have a list of metaphors in front of you right now that you're trying to hit all the way down the... <laughs> you know, I kind of like that. I, I like this mystique, you know? You know? Um, anyway, so Lascarina takes over the most recent Demetrius's business. She expands it. She buys shares in other ships. That's a thing that you do, et cetera, et cetera. And she's, you know, she's showing leadership. And honestly, some of her leadership is participating in smuggling because that's a very profitable thing in this era. Um, Elsewhere in the Mediterranean, there are embargoes put in place by Napoleon because remember Napoleon was happening at this time. Um, I guess happening is a verb that you can use for Napoleon. She's finding opportunities. She's consolidating her family's fortune. And her family is, in a way, a blended family because she's got some kids from her first marriage. She's got some kids from her second marriage. She's just trying to hold it all together. You know, I, I want to I chime in yeah. here real quick because, yeah. you, you know, you've put it in perspective that Napoleon is contemporary with her, which means it's a little pre-Victorian because Victoria mm-hmm. doesn't start until the 1830s or so. Yeah. And so, so it's even... I bet it's even weirder then, right? Because Queen Victoria kind of, you know, normalized like powerful woman somewhat mm-hmm. in in yeah. Europe. And this kind of predates that. Yeah. Queen Victoria was the CEO of a multi-continental global spanning empire. And company, right? The British East India Company. We remember them from our Rainy Lakshmi Bai episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last Karina. Okay. So she's not the queen of a... She's not the queen and empress of the British Empire, but she is a successful businesswoman. And everyone wants a piece of her, including the Ottomans. Remember them? So I've been focusing on Lascarina and her family and her family's business, you know, her extended family's business, da-da-da. And this is in the context of, well, the Ottoman Empire and... You know, they're controlling Greece. Yeah, she's Greek and she's operating out of Greece, but it's an Ottoman mm-hmm. territory at this point, or it's yeah. part of the empire. Yeah. And she's got to pay taxes to the Ottoman Sultan, right? Well, pay taxes, but also the Ottomans are looking at her. And I said she was a businesswoman. I said she was a successful businesswoman. And she's amassing quite a fortune by this time. So 1816 rolls around and the Ottomans try to yoink it from her. They say... In 1816, oh, these ships that you were using, they're, my goodness, oh, golly, your late husband, Demetrius Babulus, had used them in a previous conflict between the Greeks and the Ottomans in one of the Russo-Turkish Wars. Now, Ben, how many Russo-Turkish Wars 
were there? How many do you know of? The, I feel like they were kind of always fighting, right? They're, they're the two. So Russia, you know, is kind of on the northern edge of the Black Sea and the Ottoman Empire kind of controlled the southern edge of it. And yeah. there was always kind of this war between the two of them over the Black Sea, who, the control of the Black Sea and the Bosphorus. And, you know, it's very rich trade areas. And the two of them have been fighting forever. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I couldn't even begin to guess how many Russo Turkish how many Russo Turkish wars there have uh, there have been in history. In 1816, we've completed the eighth Russo Turkish war. <laughs> so whatever the exact number is, and you know, now looking back, we call it the eighth. But Las Carinas. We know Bubalina has been involved in at least a couple of these Russo-Turkish wars, right? If her husband, mm-hmm. if Demetrius II yeah. was um, fighting the Turks, we know that her stepdad, he got his last name from fighting the Turks. We know her birth dad, her biological dad fought the Turks. Mm-hmm. So like it would stand to reason that at some point over you know the course of her life, yeah. some of her ships have been used to fight Turks. Yes. Yeah. Now, the thing is, it's not the ship's fault. You know, you know, ships are ships, but also there's her. They get repurposed. There's that one. I mean, what's the what's the story about? Like, if you keep replacing the planks on the ship, is it still the Uh same ship? The ship of Theseus. That's like the the ship of Theseus. Thought experiment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You sail a ship around the world, and uh, as it starts to deteriorate, you replace the boards with new boards. Mm -hmm. By the time you get around the known world, the ship is made entirely out of wood you picked up along the way, and there's no pieces of original wood left on the ship. Is it the same ship? (laughs) Yeah. And we will leave that as an exercise for the listener because. We're zooming back to 1816 Greece, where I'm sure Lascarina would have had an interesting conversation about this. But more immediately, what's weighing on her mind is, hmm, the Ottomans want to take away my ships. They want to take away my money. So Ben, if you were Lascarina Bubalina and the Ottomans want to take away your ships and your money, what would you do? Well, I'm going to imagine that she has this great you know, pedigree of of resistance and fighting pirates and and mm-hmm. uh, and Turks. So I'm going to imagine that she's she's not going to just you know hand over the papers for her uh, for her ships and and turn over her money. No, she's not. This is Lascarina Bubalina, and she, true to character, hops on a ship. She sails to Istanbul, also known as Constantinople. She's working all of her inns because she's good at ships. And she's also apparently good at politicking. So she talks to the Russian ambassador whose name's Stroganov. And all I can think of is beef Stroganov, you know, <laughs> which is like, have you have you had beef Stroganov or mushroom Stroganov? Or, I you, have. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. noodles and the, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, all yeah, I think yeah. of, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she talks to Ambassador Stroganov. Now, why does she talk to a Russian ambassador? We've had this whole history of the Russians and the Turks kind of being at odds with one another. Well, at this particular specific moment in time, things were actually kind of copacetic between the Russians and the Ottomans. So she goes with Ambassador Stroganov and she talks to him and he gives her an in with not the Sultan of the Ottomans. 
he gives her an in with the Sultan's mom. Ooh. Yeah. Her name is Nakshadil. And Laskarina Bubalina goes and has a little sit down with her. Who knows? Maybe Laskarina mentions the fact that she was born in an Ottoman prison and like, oh, yeah, us women. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what she actually talked about. I do like that this badass of the week uh, passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah. OK. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have two women talking about something other than a man. Yeah. Right. It's, it's yeah. great. This is this. Why isn't this a movie? <laughs> well, uh, OK. So I think there actually is a movie about Lascarina Bubalina. Um but it doesn't have Scarlett Johansson playing a Greek woman from the 1600s, so it doesn't count really as a historical no, work. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I love this, right? So you know, so so Lascaris Bublina, born in a Turkish prison, and she, you know, marries a couple of these shipping guys. She becomes very successful to the point. Named Demetrius. Yeah, marries a bunch of, de- mm-hmm. becomes involved with several Dimitrii as the uh, along the way and ends up building this huge shipping empire. And then the Turks try to take it. Mm-hmm. And we know that she's going to fight them, but that's not her first thought. Her first thought is like, I'm going to tell the sultan's mom and see uh-huh. if like, she can yeah. whip this guy in line. And that's like a great place to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Lascarina and Ashkadil, they both seem like fun people to hang out with, honestly. Nashkadil, the sultan's mom, talks to the sultan, to Sultan Mehmet. One thing leads to another, and Laskarina gets to keep her stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to the mom. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, because sometimes the baddest ass thing you can do is go behind the scenes, and sometimes, sometimes the baddest ass person in the world who honestly, in this context, was potentially Sultan Mehmet. I mean, Napoleon was existing also, you know, da, 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 but, you know, the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire? Who does the baddest ass Sultan listen to? Yeah, well, the mom. mom. It's like Grendel's mom was worse than Grendel, right? Yeah, yeah. The Ottoman Empire has a history of, like, powerful women behind the throne. Mm-hmm. So I remember mm-hmm. Suleiman the Great had Roxalana behind the throne, and she was kind of in charge of a lot of this stuff. And, you know, the sultans always famously have these harems with, you know, hundreds of women's or whatever. But, yeah. but the moms and the wives, like, they have, it is not uncommon for them to have a lot of power over the... Uh, over the sultans, you know, throughout yeah. the history of the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. And you mentioned harems. This will become relevant later. Excellent. You know, I love a good harem story. <laughs> well, it's not a good... Uh, okay, it's, it's not a, you know, boom chicka bow bow. It's, uh, it's more of a political story. But anyway. No, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> one thing leads to another and... Lascarina gets to keep her stuff. I'm also assuming that Nashkadil gets to keep her stuff because she's Mehmet's the second mom. So, you know, right. yeah. So Lascarina sails on back to the island of Spetsis or, you know, wherever she's hanging out in Greece at the moment. And, you know, she continues to do her thing. It's 1816. On the surface, she's running a business. And at one point, she runs afoul of local Ottoman officials. And there's an Ottoman official named Hussein. And Lascarina faces a little bit of trouble because 
the Ottoman bureaucracy is kind of basically ticketing her. And they're saying, hmm, your ships, they're rather large. <laughs> yeah, typical like port politics, right? Of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want my, you know, actually, uh, I think the rates just went up and I'm going to yeah. pocket some of mm-hmm. this tax on this or whatever. Like that's a pretty common practice for this time period and today, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Now, the thing is, the thing is, if we think of it as like, like the equivalent of a parking ticket, it's like an annoyance. But here's the thing. It wasn't spun as just a parking ticket. The Ottomans kind of put a spin on it like, oh, your ship is rather large for um, civilian purposes. What are you up to? Are you engaging revolutionary activities? Mm. And Roscarina says, oh, golly. Oh, golly, no, of course not. And she bribes this local official, Hussein, and Lascarina says, well, uh, oh, golly, I'm a widow. I, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, continue my husband's legacy and do the right thing for my family. And I need to make good business decisions and bigger ships are better for business because I can carry more cargo, yada, yada, yada. Oh, okay. Okay. So the bribing and the whatever, it works. And she's able to keep sailing her large ships. Now, in general, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Um, Las Carina, you know, you do your thing. You, you, you do your business. You open your Etsy shop. You know, you sell your little, you know, fancy potholders or whatever. But also, we're leading up to 1821, which means that, Ben, you and I know that we're leading up to the War of Independence. And that's what we'll get to after the break. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. 
Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. So, hey, welcome back. Lascarina Bubulina has been amassing ships and a fortune. And this is cool in its own right, but under... Ottoman domination, what can you do with ships and a fortune? Well, you can secretly amass your resources to fight the Ottomans and gain independence for yourself and your fellow Greeks. Yeah, and she kind of, you know, she's Greek and the Greeks have and in some ways continue to and have always had a rivalry with the Turks. Um, Mm -hmm. So she doesn't love, you know, she has very patriotic, it would seem, reasons for wanting independence. But she also has like this family history of like the Turks imprisoned her father and mm-hmm. um, and have been trying to steal her money and her wealth and all of these things. And so she has kind of a personal investment on wanting independence from them as well, because, you know, you can't always go talk to the sultan's mom. And mm-hmm. at some point, yeah. there's going to be more Husseins and more, um, you know, and, and maybe maybe the sultan's mom can't help you this time. And yeah. So you've got Ottoman domination in Greece, but also within what we call Greece, there are a lot of different identities. Some people, a lot of people identify more with their region or their extended family or whatever. So talking about Greek independence also means a little bit of getting people in the geographical area known as Greece, including some kind of far-flung islands, to think of themselves as kind of unified. And that takes a little bit of effort too. So there's a war for independence. Lascarina Bubulina has these ships, she has money, and she puts it towards the cause. She knows that rhetoric or propaganda or symbolism is important. She names her ship the Agamemnon. Now, who's Agamemnon? Who's this person she named her ship after? He was the Greek king in uh, in the Trojan War, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was the Greek king under whom all of the local kings of Greek city-states came together. And so calling her ship the Agamemnon is a way of saying, hey, we can all pull together, right? It's a symbol of Greek identity. And she even designs her own flag. She finds a symbol from the Byzantine Empire, which was another source of Greek identity. That's Pascarina. That's her ship. That's her flag. And 1821 rolls around and Lascarina is thinking, okay, what do I do? And she thinks about the Greek port city of Nafplion. And this is a big stronghold of the Ottomans. It's Greek, but the Ottomans are really present there. Can we talk for a second about the um, the Greek War of Independence? Like why this, why 1821? Yeah. So, because we know that like she's been kind of involved with this, but but she doesn't initiate the revolution. The revolution kind of starts um, mm-hmm. around this, around this time. And she kind of gets swept up in it. Yeah. But do you kind of have a sense of what, what kind of led up to this? You mean for Lascarina or for just, just for Greeks more generally? Like geopolitically general. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, if you think about it, you know, by 1821, we've seen a lot of movements for independence. We've seen the American Revolution. We've seen the Haitian Revolution for independence. We've seen the French Revolution, you know? Yeah. And just kind of revolts against, like, you know, this the, the Turkish Empire is an empire and they have a, they have yeah. a, they have a, an emperor and they, they are kind of, you know, counterintuitive to what we've seen, uh, kind of the movement towards liberalism, like capital R mm-hmm. liberalism, as in, like, let's not have a king anymore. Yeah. And so they yeah. kind of get, like, Greece kind of gets caught up in that as well because they're already, chafing underneath the Turkish rule who they mm-hmm. who they already don't like. And they don't share a language. They don't share a religion. They don't share, Yeah, you know, I think that's probably... Yeah. To say we don't want a king, that's not quite the story for Greece because Greece still has a king after independence, but it's their We own... don't want your king. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Ben, you mentioned the religious difference. So the Ottoman Empire is an Islamic empire and Greeks were Christian and there was a lot of tension there. And the religion that you belonged to actually had some legal ramifications. So yeah, okay. You know, you want to throw off the Ottomans. Okay. So what does Lascarina do once the war breaks out? She's got her giant ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a fleet and that's valuable mm-hmm. to the, to, oh, the yeah. Greek, uh, to the Greek resistance here. Yeah. So she thinks about Naftleon. It's this port city. Okay, it's actually these days a great tourist destination, but in those days it was a port city. It was an Ottoman stronghold. And she's thinking, okay, let's attack them there. So she sails over with the Agamemnon and some other ships. So she's got her own fleet, basically. She's going there intending to attack Naftleon. Now, the thing is, she gets there and this is Lascarina Bubulina. She doesn't let much intimidate her. But when she gets there, she realizes, okay, actually, this is a lot harder to attack than I thought. So she changes tactics. She says, hmm, okay, instead of actually attacking, I'm going to set up a blockade. My attitude is, I, Lascarina Bubulina, am thinking, okay, if I can't beat them, at least I can make things as hard as possible for them. So she and her fleets, they set up a blockade. And I say she and her fleet. Hey, so she's not in name, but in practice, she's an admiral. And she acquires the nickname Capitanissa, which is the Greek feminine form of the word for captain. So she's Capitanissa Bubulina. Awesome. And so, and this is like, you know, this is not, um, you know, women admiral is not a, is not new, a new concept for Greece, although they, you know, they haven't had very many in their career. But I, I think of yeah. Artemisia yeah. of Halicarnassus, who was present at the Battle of, um, of Salamis, a, you know, old days, like Xerxes and Leonidas and, you know, mm-hmm. those days, like that, that Persian War. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Xerxes is coming from the same area as the Ottoman Turks are, and she's coming from the same place as, as the Greeks were. And yeah, yeah and Ar- Artemisia, I think the story there was that she was the only the only admiral who didn't, the only ship captain who told Xerxes not to attack at Salamis because they could mm-hmm. get trapped and killed, which is exactly what happened. And then in the battle, she mm-hmm. was very brave and sunk a few ships. But um, 
but yeah, so she, but she was a, a ship captain as well. Yeah. Well, a ship captain. She was an admiral, you know? She was. Yeah. 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 Let's give her her full stars. Yeah. And then there's a, there's a second Artemisia of Halicarnassus. There's Artemisia mm-hmm. too. Yeah. She, uh, she was also a naval commander. Uh, she's the one who built the mausoleum of Holocarnassus mm-hmm. for her. She was also a ship captain, which is kind of cool. Yeah. A lot of ship captaining mm-hmm. Greek Artemisias. So Las Carina is coming from a venerable tradition, maybe not a numerous tradition, but a venerable tradition of women who know their way around a ship and know their way around a fleet and can make decisions. And yeah, so she's deciding, okay, well, enough plan. I'm going to blockade them. So she wants to make things as hard as possible for the Turks in Nafplion. She, you know, she sail over with her big ships and she sets up a blockade that lasts for a year and a half. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. She's also present at the siege of Tripoli or Tripolitsa as it's also known. And so thing is, these are Ottoman strongholds. And so there are Ottoman practices and there are harems with women. And Bubulina in the Siege of Tripoli says, or at least according to the stories, she tells her soldiers, don't touch the women of the harem. Make sure they're safe. Make sure they're okay. There's a scholar, Margarita Poulos, who talks about this. And she says, I love her comment. She says, we don't have any evidence for this story, but it's a great story. It's been told so many times. It must be true. <laughs> yeah. And we should also kind of clarify here that like, you know, so she's fighting. This is all kind of on the Peloponnese. So Napoleo mm-hmm. is on the Peloponnesian kind of near-ish to where Sparta was historically. Mm-hmm. And then Tripoli is in that region. It's not Tripoli, yeah. North Africa. It's, a no, Greek, it's no, the no, Greek no, no. city of Tripoli, which was a, a site of a big battle during this war. And yes. um, it was a it was a big victory for the Greeks to to take it from the from the Ottomans. And she's kind of performing. Uh, we're to understand it, uh, according to Poulos, we're, um, that she's kind of battling on the naval side of this and helped mm-hmm. uh, helped liberate the women of the harem there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's got her wrinkles. She did, according to one story, when she learned that her son had been killed in battle. She did, according to the story, kill a few Ottoman prisoners in grief slash revenge. So, eh, That happens. That was happening all over the place, I imagine, around this time. I think this is also where, uh, you know, the British get involved and the French get involved. Ah, I think this is where Lord Byron, like the famous, like, capital R romantic poet, he goes, travels to Greece and raises an army and fights there and and dies there. Um, Yeah, that guy, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who who would have thought, right? Like the romantic poet ends up being like a war hero. He's still like a war hero in Greece to this day. Um, And yeah, and so Greece wins. They Mm -hmm. they are able to defeat the Turks, and um, and Greece becomes a becomes a country again. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what does that mean for Lascarina Bubalina? She's like a big big hero there, probably. So she is, but also here's the thing about human beings: if you get more than one human being together, you're going to have more than one opinion. You're going to have more than one vibe. People are complicated. So Bubalina, Las Carina Bubalina knows that she's 
an important symbol politically. And also, even though, or maybe especially because Greece had been fighting the Ottoman Empire, there's also internal disagreement among Greeks. There's actually a civil war in this period. Oh, it's what you were saying. That's the importance of her naming the ship Agamemnon is that Agamemnon was like the overarching ruler of the Greeks. But, you know, but the Greeks, you know, famously like Corinth and Sparta and Athens Mm -hmm. don't get don't always see eye to eye on things. So it makes sense that like, you know, there is there is no I imagine up until this point, there's probably no concept of Greece as a as a unified country. They've only ever had kind of city state type of setup. So so now they've got to build this country and I didn't realize there was a war involved with it. Yeah. Greeks, in a way, kind of all speak the same language, kind of have the same cultural heritage. But the thing is, you have a lot of regional variation. You have a lot of ethnic variation, family variation. You know, Lascarina herself is actually descended from some Greeks, but also some Albanians. She's an Arvanite, which means that She's one of many people living in Greece who are Greek, but also speaks in Albanian, Hmm. you know, and this is cool, you know, and also if you picture Greece on a map, you've got a lot of mountains, you've got a lot of islands. And so Lascarina Bubulina is keeping a low profile on the island of Spetsis. She had spent a lot of her fortune fighting the Ottomans. Okay, yeah, that's legit. One of her sons, Iorgos, fell in love with a young woman named Evgeny, who was the daughter of the Kutsis family. They were a prominent family on the island of Spetsis. Thing is, the Kutsis family, Evgeny's family, had promised her in marriage to someone else. And oof, that was a big deal. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, this is it's very awkward. Greek tragedy, if I can, if I can say so. <laughs> yes. Oh, so Bubulina's son, Yorgos and Evgeny, they're in love. They try to elope. They try to run off, and the Kutsis family sends an angry mob. They come to Bubulina's house. They come to Lascarina's house, and she and some other of her family members confront the Kutsis family members. Bubalina is supporting the union between Yorgos and Evgeny. She's like, yeah, 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 go, go, you know? But there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of mayhem. Angry words are shouted. Lascarina supposedly is shouting both in Greek and Albanian. And, you know, I'm sure other people are shouting in other languages as well. Someone pulls a trigger amidst the chaos and darkness. Lascarina takes a bullet to the forehead. And she dies. A uh, war hero, a, a a woman who wielded quite a bit of power at a time when that wasn't very common. Um, she overcame the the sultan himself by going over his head <laughs> to his mom. She liberated harems. She uh, fought in revolutions. She, you know, she's, this is pretty serious, pretty awesome woman. Yes, yes. She's a symbol even for... Um modern Greeks. And she was on the currency before Greece converted to the euro. You could find drachma, 50 drachma notes with this really badass image of Lascarina Bubalina 
pointing at, gesturing at some ships in full sail, you know? Yeah. So and that's kind of the story of Lascarina Bubalina. She was, uh, you know, a great hero of the revolution and, and continues to be a national hero of Greece today. Capitanisa. So hear you next week. See you next week. I don't know what's the term for podcasts, but encounter you next week, badasses. I don't know. I don't know what they I don't know what the answer to that is. Most podcasts I know sign off by just being like, don't forget to like and subscribe, share this on YouTube, which do that. Please do that. It helps us out a lot, actually. But um, but I think that's how we're supposed to sign out. Well, that too. Anyway, well, I guess we'll see you on the next one. I thank you so much for listening, as always. And stay badass. Yeah, stay badass. Badass of the Week is an iHeartRadio podcast produced by High Five Content. Executive producers are Andrew Jacobs, me, Pat Larish, and my co-host, Ben Thompson. Writing is by me and Ben. Story editing is by Ian Jacobs, Brandon Fibbs. Mixing and music and sound design is by Jude Brewer. Special thanks to Noel Brown at iHeart. Badass of the Week is based on the website badassoftheweek.com, where you can read all sorts of stories about other badasses. If you want to reach out with questions, ideas, you can email us at badasspodcast at badassoftheweek.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe, follow, listen, and tell your friends and your enemies if you want, as we'll be back next week with another one. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.